Welcome back to the Institute of World Mission podcast. I'm your host, Alex Ott. Today's episode is part of our series designed for young adult missionaries. Young missionaries, mostly in their 20s, serve as Adventist volunteers or student missionaries in many countries around our world. Today's episode helps us to take a beyond-the-curtains look at the process of adaptation to the new cultural and ministry environment. We also call this process adjustment. Young missionaries, and especially those who serve under one, two-year time frame, they have specific needs and challenges. They also have unique strengths. So today's interview is our first step to help both young missionaries and those who are there to support them, who are maybe not so young, to go through the in-field adjustment process effectively. The interviewer in this series is my colleague at Institute of World Mission, who is currently an AVS volunteer himself. Marcus Lopez is a bright young adult missionary. His counterpart is Larissa, a volunteer in Denmark. With that, let's transition to the interview. Welcome to the Institute of World Mission Weekly Podcast, a show for Adventist mission enthusiasts striving to live, serve, and witness cross-culturally. Visit us at iwm.adventist.org podcast to view this podcast's show notes, links, and previous episodes. Institute of World Mission is your partner in the mission field. Welcome, Larissa, to our podcast. Uh, it's very good to have you here with us today. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about adapting. Um, tell me first a little bit about you, about uh, where you're from, where you're going, uh, where you're serving, and uh, what you're doing there. Okay. Um, hello. My name is Larissa. I am 23 years old. I am from Brazil. I live in the very south of Brazil, and um, I'm almost graduating in food engineering, but nowadays I am serving as a volunteer and missionary in Denmark, in a boarding school called Vailfjord Schooling. Okay, that's really cool. Denmark, from Brazil to Denmark, very different countries. <laughs> the weather especially, I guess, is very, very different. And um, let's talk a little bit, as I mentioned, about uh, your adaptation. How, how was it to adapt? What was the biggest difficulty that you had, that you faced when you arrived in Denmark? Well, I think the first main difficult, difficulty that I, that I faced was because uh, I came here to Denmark almost two months later than I should have been here. Um, because of COVID, I couldn't come before, so I came two months after the school year started. And when I arrived, people already knew each other for two months. The volunteers were already working together. The students' adaptive time was already done. So things were already going on. And I just came in the middle of everything and I had to learn uh, by myself because everybody was already adapted to this new school year. Uh, I think the second main difficulty was the language. In Denmark, they speak Danish. Uh, most of them also speak English, a very good English. But the students, especially the youngest ones, they don't know how to speak English very well. So I had uh, this challenge of communication with them 
because I didn't know how to speak Danish and they didn't know how to speak English very well. So I think this was a, a very big challenge, especially in the first months that I was here. And uh, I was also uh, trying to improve my, my English. So I was not very uh, confident about English either. So I think this was also a challenge. So it was a double language challenge. Exactly. I knew English, but I was not used to practice it. So yeah, it became a challenge. But I think now I feel much more confident with it, even though I do not know how to speak Danish so far. Covid was also a challenge, of course, not only in Denmark, but in the whole world. Um, right after I came, the Covid cases started increasing again. So we had to adopt more restrictions than it was happening during summer. So the school had to implement more restrictions and of course it affected all the students and the employees and the volunteers. And uh, yeah, it was not a, a normal year. Yeah, definitely not a normal year for anyone uh, in the world. Um, and you and you talked about students. What is your what is your role? I mean, what is your connection with the students that you talked about? You are serving in a boarding school, right, in Denmark. Well, I'm here uh, to be an assistant dean, which uh, which means that I have to be with the students basically all day, every day, uh, since the the beginning of the day. So I have to wake them up and to make sure they go to breakfast and after to make sure they go to school. And then while they are at school, then we do some other uh, jobs, some other tasks like cleaning or assisting in whatever the school needs. And because of Corona, we have to make sure that during meals they use hand sanitizer before eating and they respect the social distance. And during the afternoon, we have something called hygge, which is a Danish word. It means like cozy. So we have to, to develop uh, a good time with the students. So we bring some food, we play some games, we talk. So this is where we, this is when we make our connections with the students. And right after we have dinner and then we have free time where they can play um, sports or board games or just talk and relax. So we basically spend the whole day with the students and we assist them in whatever they need. And, and you mentioned that we assist them in whatever they need. And what are, what are the main needs that you feel these students have? Where, where are these students coming from? What is a little, tell me a little bit about the background of these students. Well, this year um, we have many students who come from, uh, how can I say, from not nice families, families with uh, emotional and mental backgrounds, uh, problems, yeah. And these students have a lot of need. Um, they have the need to talk and to feel accepted. And they have so many emotional issues. So they basically, I think we are here to talk to them and to make them feel that they are important, they are special and they are loved. Even though, um, Many cannot feel it coming from their families. 
So they come here to school and they need us to to have this role of love and yeah, make them feel that they are important. And definitely, uh, as you mentioned, some of them speak English, others not so well, right? Yes. And so how did you, how did you make a connection then with those who don't speak English that well? What was the way that you found to connect with them? Well, if we cannot talk so much, then we have to do things together. We have to watch a movie, to play a game, to play some sports, or just to spend time together eating. And yeah, of course, talking is important to build connections, but I think it's also uh, possible to build connections spending some time together. And through the year, the, the students learn a little bit more of English, so it makes the, the talking easier. So it's kind of an evolving thing, you know, through the year. In the beginning, yes. it's harder, but then when you get later to the end, then they they learn English better, and so it becomes easier. And did yes. was there anything else that you had problems with because you didn't speak Danish and the language gave you um, difficulties? I think uh, one difficulty that I had was uh, during church services, because the church service is, um, it happens in Danish, of course. So it was hard to follow. Sometimes we have someone tra translating the, the sermon. But of course, it's not the same thing as, as you hear in the original language. So this was definitely something, yeah, a challenge. And also the school events, the parties and the trips, it's all in Danish. And with time, of course, we learn a bit and we can get things through the context. But we can, because we are not here for so long, we cannot really learn the language. And we, <laughs> at least I'm never really completely understanding what's going on when they speak Danish all the time. So this was also a challenge. And you, you mentioned there that you don't always understand what's, or you, you don't know what's going on most of the time. And how does that make you feel when, when you go to an event or when you, in the beginning, when you went to church or right at the beginning, by now probably you know at least some words that you can get a context and understand what's going on. But in the beginning, how did you feel when you were going to the church services and you couldn't understand a word of what they were saying? It was weird. <laughs> um, yeah, I felt helpless, maybe. I couldn't control it. I couldn't. I couldn't really understand, even though I really wanted to. But there was nothing I could do about it besides studying. But of course, learning a language is a process. It takes time. It takes practice. So, yeah, it's a situation that's not under my control all the time. And so how you, you mentioned that you, you ended up not, not studying Danish that much and you focused on perfecting your English. And what was different ways that you found to actually do that, to, to better your English and, and to be able to learn 
use that language to be the bridge between you and the students and the people there? Well, I knew it, it would be hard to learn Danish because when I came, I didn't know Danish at all. I didn't know how to speak at all. And I know that I work better when I focus in one thing. So I thought it would be a good idea to focus in improving my English. So what I did, uh, I was using an app called Duolingo in the beginning to, to make my English a little bit more perfect, but I didn't feel any advance. So I thought, okay, maybe it's good if I, it's a good idea if I improve my English while I am practicing it. So I had this friend, he was graduated in English And I asked him uh, if he could correct me every time I said something wrong or maybe if I said something that could be said in a better way or in a different way that he, he, was, he shouldn't worry and he should just tell me, oh, you, you could say it that way, that this sounds better or this is not correct, you could say in another way. And it really helped me because sometimes when we are... Uh, when we are not native, we do not know that we are making mistakes while we speak. So it's good to have someone to tell you, oh, this is not correct. To say this in another way or say this this way. So it really helped me. And I think that the, the connection with the students through the language is getting better during throughout the year because the students are also improving their English and some of them really like to practice English because uh, they don't have many people to practice English to so they end up using volunteers to practice their own English and yeah we all gain with this uh, exchange language exchange yeah definitely um, it's it's interesting how you you found ways I mean you found a friend and asked him to help you out um, this is Although many times also we feel the same way. We try out apps. I've tried Duolingo to learn many different languages. I give up on the third lesson. And they yes. even, even today I read an email from them. They said that Duolingo was very disappointed with me because I wasn't taking my, my lessons. And so, yeah, I know how frustrating that is to try that out. But um, I think the secret of learning a language is not to be ashamed of trying to speak because the easiest way to learn a language is to practice and if you are ashamed you won't do it you won't talk you won't speak but if you if you accept that you are in the process of learning and that you will make mistakes while you are learning then you are not ashamed anymore and that's when you feel that you really improve uh, in learning a language at least in my in my point of view. Yeah, I see that shyness is one of the biggest difficulties uh, in, in learning a language. You know, I'm, I've seen a lot of friends and myself, well, I'm a very, I'm an extrovert and I always have an easier time learning languages because I don't care if I make mistakes, you know, people, and I'm happy that people correct me. So it's like, okay, just that's how I learn. I practice and that's how I'll learn. And I see many people sometimes 
they have well they're shy many times it's it's also a personality thing um and that makes them want to be and many people are also perfectionists so they want to always get it right every time the phrase the grammar putting all the words in order but uh those things are probably the biggest enemies of learning a language because you need yeah, to really be open to being corrected be open to making mistakes and in that way you you learn yeah that's true i totally agree and so um your your year is coming to an end your time of service is coming to an end uh what are things that you would recommend uh in for those who are serving and having difficulties with learning a language or for those who want to serve and they always have this question well i don't everyone talks about the importance of speaking english and i don't speak english should i go anyway how should i deal with it so by your experience share a little bit what you would recommend other people well I came to Denmark and the first language of this country is Danish and it's not English. But I think it's very important that we have that when you come you have at least a um, medium level of English because if you don't know anything or if you have a very basic level how are you supposed to communicate? And of course you can learn, but I think it's important that you already have some knowledge about the language because it will help you so much it will make you um to have more social interactions it will make your job easier your, the tasks you you are asked to do it will be easier to do and i think i think you get you get so lost if you don't know <laughs> how to communicate with people so i really believe that Everybody who wants to be a missionary or a volunteer should learn English. I don't think you have to expect to have an advanced level to come and be a volunteer or a missionary, but please start learning English as soon as possible because it will open so many doors, so many opportunities, and it will make your volunteering life much easier. Yeah, your volunteering or missionary life, definitely. To create uh, in the end, we as missionaries, we what we're trying to do is create bridges, right? And we're trying to yes. create connections. And there are many ways of doing this, as you mentioned, um spending time is probably the main way of doing that, spending time with someone and showing them love, but learning a language is definitely an important part of that creation of bridges so thank you so much for accepting our invitation and being with us today in this conversation thank you so much for inviting me it was a big pleasure and i hope to see you guys in denmark soon being volunteers in wildfjord school Last week, I promised to share more about the LearnMission.org community and learning website. If you are a volunteer under the AVS office, or perhaps a long-term Adventist missionary, or even if you're simply interested in cross-cultural mission, or you see immediate opportunities right in your neighborhood, 
We offer multiple mission online courses on learnmission.org. The registration is free. Simply go to learnmission.org and click sign up in the top right corner. There is a lot more to learnmission.org. We'll share more with you in upcoming episodes. For now, if you have a young adult missionary friend, please forward this episode to them. We're praying for every volunteer, every student missionary. We're praying for you. My name is Alex Hart, and I'm looking forward to seeing you next week. Music